Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good to be back with you. NFL picks upcoming as well as a look at college football, baseball, and Dan Deerdorf is going to join us. At the end of the show at 11.45, news coming across, though, within the last half hour is that NASCAR legend Cale Yarbrough has died at the age of 84, one of the best NASCAR drivers in history, 83 Cup Series wins, three Cup championships. He won the Daytona 500 four times. He was the first NASCAR driver to win three straight titles. He was terrific. When I was a kid, I had the little... Hardy's uh, Cale Yarborough car, little matchbox car, you know what I mean? Uh, Drew, I had a great time with, uh, as a kid, watching NASCAR, and he was tremendous. Uh, He had uh, a tussle, a famous one, uh, as it it after he won his third and final championship, he was racing for the lead with Donnie Allison. In the 1979 Daytona 500, the two drivers collided on the backstretch. Their cars went sliding through the infield. After climbing from their cars, Richard Petty ended up winning the race. The two started to fight. Allison's brother Bobby arrived on the scene. There are photos of it. There are videos of it. That's uh, one of the things he's famous for. The other was being one tough driver. He was from South Carolina. He loved racing as a kid. He was an absolute legend. He had a personality that was not reckless, but, you know, like a a daredevil-type driver. People just loved, loved Cale Yarbrough. I know our buddy Kenny Wallace did, uh, without a doubt. And a lot of love for the NASCAR Hall of Famer, Cale Yarbrough, who has passed away at the age of 84. We have a lot to do this hour of sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Last hour, a lot of fun to catch up with Travis Ford with Matt Pauley uh, talking about looking back in 2023. We did all of that, and we also looked at the St. Louis Blues and what they did last night, losing by a final of 42 in Pittsburgh. We heard from Drew Bannister and Robert Thomas, and if you want to hear it all, you can just go back on our Odyssey app right now and start things off an hour ago at about 10.06 and we'll take you to Sports on a Sunday Morning's podcast page at KMOX.com after the show. Now to football. And a key block by the left guard, Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie. Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom Ackerman. Tom Ackerman up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that, that set him free. It's a first down. 
Our thanks to offensive lineman Tom Ackerman for being the soundtrack to this segment. I'd love to meet him someday. I want to get him on the show. Maybe we'll do picks against each other. Tom Ackerman against Tom Ackerman, the former Titans offensive lineman, among other teams. Well, we have some games today, don't we? A full slate of football, Week 17 in the NFL. We talked at length about yesterday's game, 20-19, to Cowboys over the Lions, an unfortunate incident in which the wrong receiver was announced as eligible, and the pass went to the one who was ineligible, and that was the end of the Detroit Lions, who failed three times on a two-point conversion. After converting that first one, it was brought back, They lost the game 2019 to the Cowboys. It does change things in the NFL playoff picture. For right now, we're looking at a picture that has, in the NFC, a division champion in Detroit, but they are playing for seeding right now, and that loss ties them with the Cowboys. They now each have 11-5 records. It's a tough loss for Detroit. Philadelphia is 11-4, They currently, along with Dallas, are fighting for the NFC East. Tampa Bay leads the South with an 8-7 record. Atlanta and New Orleans are 7-8, so that division is still gettable for somebody. There are two games left in the season. And in the West, the 49ers have locked it up. They are 11-4, but the Rams are sitting there at 8-7, and and so are the Seattle Seahawks. So the wild card looks like this in the NFC. Dallas currently the leader in the wild card with the Rams and Seattle owning the second two spots. Other teams in there at 7-8 and eight that have a chance, Minnesota, Atlanta, Green Bay, and New Orleans. The Bears are 6-9. and nine. Technically, they haven't been eliminated, but they will be. In the AFC, the Cleveland Browns are going back to the playoffs, but they still have an outside shot at the division. Not likely, but outside. They're 11-5. Baltimore's 12-3. They can lock it up. Miami leads the East by two games over the Bills. Dolphins are 11 and four. The Bills are nine and six. In the South, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Houston, all with eight and seven records. And in the West, the Kansas City Chiefs blew a chance to lock it up last week. We'll see what they do this week. They're on KMOX. They take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Chiefs are nine and six. Vegas and Denver sitting way back at seven and eight. They're going to get that division. But it look like they're going to host any playoff games. Could be, could be a little rough there for the Chiefs. They got to get it going here. They need to get back to basics. You know, it's okay to punt and let your defense manage the field. Chiefs defense pretty good. It's the Chiefs offense that is sputtering here. The wild card teams in the AFC are the Browns, the Bills, and the Colts. But the Colts are eight and seven, and so are the Texans, the Steelers, and the Bengals, who play today. In Kansas City, we will have the game on KMOX at 325. It's a 2 o'clock pregame, and let's start with that one. The Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I love the Chiefs in this one. I would give the Bengals six-and-a-half all day. I think they win this game by more than a touchdown. I think they're going to be very upset losing last week. Uh, They were ticked off, as you well know. Lost to the Raiders 20-14. to Raiders didn't have an offensive touchdown the entire game. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I see the Chiefs big today, don't you? I, I don't. Six and a half seems a little small to me. Whatever. I know the Bengals are playing for something here, but that's just my gut. Here are the noon games today. New England at Buffalo. 
The Bills are a 14-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Patriots. Bills are playing well right now. Uh, They are coming off three straight wins, and I like a fourth win. 14-and-a-half is a lot to ask for, though. I think they'll get it. I think they'll get it. And I would reluctantly give the Patriots 14-and-a-half and take the Bills minus 14-and-a-half. That is a big number, though. Atlanta at Chicago, a couple of mediocre to bad teams here. Uh, the Bears somehow are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Falcons plus two-and-a-half. They have a lot to play for. Vegas at Indianapolis. That one is on CBS at noon. Colts three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Raiders. I like that. Take the Colts at home. Rams at Giants. The Rams are six-and-a-half-point favorites at your New York football Giants, Drew Young. And I do think that the Rams will cover that. I hate to do anything in their favor. When you pick games, you take emotion out of it. Rams minus six and a half. Arizona at Philadelphia. Oh, I love the Eagles on this one. Minus 12 and a half. I think they cover that. The Eagles have an ax to grind. They got to get going here too. Uh, the Eagles minus 12 and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. New Orleans at Tampa Bay, a battle in the NFC South. Bucks are two and a half point favorites. They've been rolling lately. They have won four in a row, and they're going to win five in a row, Drew. They're going to cover that. Two and a half points at home against the Saints. Elsewhere, the noon games today, San Francisco at Washington. Big number on the road, 49ers minus 14. Washington's not only bad, but the 49ers are really good. You talk about wrong place, wrong time. They got embarrassed by the Ravens at home last week. That is not going to happen today. They need to make a statement today, the Niners do, and I like them minus 14 at Washington. You don't see spreads this big, really, in the NFL, but we've gotten a lot more of them lately. There are some bad teams out there. Tennessee at Houston. Houston is minus 5 at home against the Titans. I like that uh, to, to keep things going for them. Pittsburgh at Seattle. The Seahawks are 4.5-point favorites at home. Steelers are... Yeah, they're fine. I mean, they, they're just a little wobbly team that hasn't been able to do much. They lost three in a row before whooping on the Bengals at home last game. I have them losing at Seattle by more than four and a half. I got Seahawks minus four and a half. I mentioned the 325 games. The other ones are Chargers at Denver. Denver's got a whole mess going on with the Russell Wilson thing and all kinds of controversy stirring, people pointing at Sean Payton. I think they take care of business today against the Chargers. Three and a half, though. Mm. I don't know that I love them that much, but I'll do it. Denver minus three and a half at home against the Chargers. That game may get close. Cincinnati, Kansas City, I already gave to you. uh, Packers at Vikings, a pair of seven and eight teams in Minnesota. Minnesota minus one in this game. This is a toss-up. I'll go with the Vikings at home, minus one. And that's your look at the NFL. When we come back, we'll look at college football. Then we'll parse out some baseball, and then we'll finish with more football. Dan Deardorff, Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. We are so glad you're with us. Back right after this. Welcome back to the show. Always great to hear from Eli Drinkowitz, the head coach of the Tigers. He got up on stage after the win over Ohio State 14-3 in the Cotton Bowl Classic. Microphone stuck in his face by Tom Luganbill. And Eli Drinkowitz is always ready for a microphone. This is good stuff right here on stage on ESPN. 
You were picked to finish sixth. Sixth in the division. What do you have to say about that? Just so proud of our team. I think this tonight was a testament to a wilderness brotherhood. A bunch of guys that have fought through adversity their entire lives and career. We're not blue bloods. We're dirty, hardworking brotherhood that loves each other and fight for each other. We scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. We put our fist up. We said, we're not giving in. We're faster, stronger, tougher than you in the fourth quarter. And we got an elite edge, and we're not going to be denied. And now we're the Cotton Bowl champs. Oh, come on. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, that didn't give you chills a little bit. What a great run by Eli Drinkwitz. Do you know how old he is? Do you know he's only 40 years old? He's a young man. He's got a lot of football in front of him. He also has a TV career if he wants it, but I think he's going to be coaching for a long time. Eli Drinkwitz reminds me, I've said this a million times on the show, Drew, he reminds me of a young Steve Spurrier with a little bit of swagger. All he needed was a big win, and he got one right there. Also, Tennessee would qualify as a big win. Uh, he's had a couple of K-State qualify as a big win, but he'll get more. And what you need to do is stack signature wins and I know it's a, a shell somewhat on offense of what Ohio State has to offer, but on defense it wasn't. That was a good Ohio State defense that held Missouri quiet until the fourth quarter. They couldn't play a full four for whatever reason. As good as that defense is, they could not sustain it in the fourth quarter, and Missouri did. Missouri wanted the game more, obviously. Ohio State kind of checked out after losing to Michigan, but it's still Ohio State. It's still a lot of NFL talent. And Missouri shouldn't worry about it at all. This is about their program taking care of business. In my mind, and I think in a lot of people's minds, they should have won the game, and they did. They went in there and did it, and that's the aura they need to present. This isn't a small school that just suddenly appeared in the top 25. The University of Missouri's had a proud football program for a long time with major dips but major highs. 
And I think that this is a, one of the moments now that they can get to the point where you are every year a player. Every year you are a contender. They've got to get Missouri football to where Wisconsin got theirs. That every year Wisconsin could be a threat in the Big Ten and could knock you off, especially at home. You're not coming out of there with with a win unless you play an outstanding 60 minutes. That's what Missouri's got to get to, and it looks like they are well on their way. That team is going to be good next year. They're getting almost everybody back. They're losing a few people to the NFL and a couple of transfers here and there, but they'll be really good. They're going to have Cook. Schrader's going to move on, but they'll have Burden back. They'll have a lot of receivers back. Offensive line was strong. You know that's going to continue to be a foundation moving forward for Mizzou, and that brings to mind recruiting. Missouri needs to use this immediately for recruiting and show that they don't check out of games. They don't check out of opportunities. They are always going to play together as a brotherhood, as he called it, a wilderness brotherhood, as a wilderness brotherhood, and be that program that you want to play for. That's what he needs to create, and I think that's what he has created at Missouri. They have some things to fix, but not a lot. That was a dream season. They should look back with fondness on winning the Cotton Bowl, regardless of who they played. And for that matter, I have to applaud Georgia. I love the way Georgia handled all of this. The co- I went on this show that morning, remember, before the college football playoff was released, and I said Georgia won't make it. I dismissed them right away because they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship. They had an opportunity to get to the college football playoff, and they blew it. They should have they probably should have won the game as good as Alabama is. They were the best team in the country, but they blew it. It's unfortunate. That's the way it's structured, but that's the way it is. They blew it and they didn't complain. Maybe a little bit. You didn't hear much out of Georgia. I didn't think you heard a lot out of Florida state, including me. And I picked it correctly. I told you who was going to be in the playoff that morning, that it was going to be Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama in that order but that I had a gripe with Florida State not being in there because Florida State didn't do anything wrong. They ran the table. They did what they were asked. They got a quarterback hurt. It was really unfortunate. My heart breaks for the young man, Jordan Travis, because as he tweeted, it felt like it was partly his fault for getting hurt. I mean, nobody should feel that way. It's not Florida State's fault. It's college football structure. You can't have a power five and have five conference champions and only four spots for the playoff. It's silly. So now, eventually, you know, they go to this 12-team playoff next year. That's how it should be. But Florida State complained, and I think they went way too far. They complained. They cried. They cried. They cried. They cried. They went to the government. I mean, you know, they're trying to, you know. (laughs) I mean, it's just, uh, okay, we got it. So buck up. Go out there 13-0 and and show everybody what you got. They didn't do that. A lot of players opted out, got ready for the NFL draft. Some players transferred. I got it. You know, it's a disappointment. What did Georgia do? They just went and dusted off their national championship trophies, polished them a little bit, went out there, and I mean dropped the hammer on second-string Florida State, decimated two dozen players gone Florida State. They, afterwards, Kirby Smart said that the college football structure needs to be addressed. We shouldn't allow things like this to happen. He showed respect to Florida State, showed some passion for Florida State and what they went through, but they shouldn't apologize for anything. Georgia did what they should have done. They didn't complain. They went out. They made a statement. We're Georgia. Guess what? I'd use that in recruiting too. 
Oh, you want to know what Georgia's all about? Here's what we're all about. We didn't get invited to the playoff. All we did was go practice, go line up, and we beat the daylights out of Florida State. Good night. And that's how this thing should be remembered for Georgia. Great job by Georgia. I love how they handled it. I really did. Um, The college football playoff, we're going to talk to Dan Deardorff about it at 1145. But my picks here, I like Alabama to win this game straight up. Uh, They're a one-and-a-half-point underdog last I checked. I think they beat Michigan. Uh, I'm going to talk to Dan about it and a little more in depth. The other game I'll touch on Washington, Texas, an absolute shootout. I think that's also going to be a great game that will also go down to the end. And I think Washington will win. I think that Texas ability to stop the run is a moot point here because Washington won't run. They they can, but they're going to want to fling the ball around here. And that's what Mike Penix does. I followed him at, at Indiana. He's now at Washington, Caleb DeBoer, his, Head coach was the offensive coordinator at Indiana. What Washington will do is what you and I did when we were kids in the backyard. Just go run out there, and I'm going to throw it to you. And that's old school football. Just go get it. And Penix throws the best deep ball in the game, and it's going to be a shootout. And he's done it over and over again in close games. If you look back at Washington's schedule, Texas has had some close games too. But Washington has an unblemished Schedule of very close games against good competition, and I think they can win this game against Texas, and I think that they will. So I am taking the two underdogs here, Alabama and Washington, to play for the national championship. We'll see if I'm wrong, but that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, I think, tomorrow to follow those two games. But there's more tomorrow, uh, and congrats to Ole Miss for winning their game over Penn State. Lane Kiffin, same thing. You know, a lot of pride in Ole Miss. We need to recruit. We need to hang with the big boys in the SEC. We're going to go out there, and we're going to be the brand. And they went out and beat Penn State. Really good win for Lane Kiffin and his program. The games tomorrow, there are three others outside of the CFP. Wisconsin and LSU. I love LSU to romp in this one, actually. Jaden Daniels and LSU. So, again, not a bad loss for Missouri and a good win for Florida State early in the year, pounding LSU, who I thought would be in this college football playoff when it was all said and done. That game tomorrow is at 11 o'clock. It's the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. At noon tomorrow, Liberty and Oregon. Oregon is an 18-point favorite in this game against an undefeated Liberty team. And Oregon team's <sighs> Oregon team's good. They have speed and power, and they have it all. And I think they'll take care of business and probably cover that. Iowa and Tennessee. I'm not so big on Tennessee after what Missouri did to them, but they are still very dangerous. Iowa's just a good, solid team, but can't score. Uh, they they have a lot of trouble scoring. They're six-point dogs in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, and that could bite them. The fact that they maybe Tennessee wants to show off a little bit. We'll see what they actually have available they're eight and four Vols against the ten and three Hawkeyes minus six. I'll I'll have Tennessee cover that, but uh, Iowa and Tennessee playing in the Citrus Bowl tomorrow, and that one will also be at noon. And then everybody will get out of the way for the two big games: Alabama, Michigan at four in the Rose Bowl, Texas and Washington. Texas now a four point favorite in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, and Michigan is a two-point favorite against Alabama. Dan Deardorff, Michigan alum, with us at 1145. When we come back, let's sort through baseball and see what happened. We'll also tell you about two big events 
related, three actually, related to the Cardinals here in the next three weeks. Back after this. 11.33, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Normally we spend this time with Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. Not available today. It is the holidays, and certainly he was kind enough to join us a couple of weeks ago. We've had some great visits with him. We'll get him back on board. Had a recent chance to visit with the special assistant to the general manager. That would be Matt Slater, who has extensive experience covering Japan and the Far East, uh, certainly that entire area of the Pacific Rim, searching for talent, the Dominican Republic, South America, you name it, Central America. He has bounced around and looked uh, at some of the best players in the world that internationally, but also domestically, he's been looking all over to help this front office identify up-and-coming talent. He is also a talent because Matt Slater is going to be dancing in Dancing with the St. Louis Stars to benefit Independence Center. We discuss that and more about this Cardinals team. It's going to be a tremendous event January 20th at the Ritz-Carlton. Um, it will be in, in front of about 400 to 500 people. I believe <laughs> no we're, pressure. we're almost sold out already, uh, by the way. And, and it is broadcast online as well. So it's something that uh, I really feel um, strong about, that it's a great cause and it's a fun event. And there's My, another Matt who will be competing as well, Matt Sebeck with St. Louis City SC. So we've got the battling Matts. Yes, both with professional sports teams here <laughs> in town. So. That's right. Seebeck uh, with the, uh, he's the experiences uh, yes. director, I think is, is uh, he's the, I forget, what is the official the title? Fan experience yes. vice president. It's of, a great uh, title. At, at St. Louis it's City a, Soccer. It's a great yes. title. What a season they had. That was fun. <laughs> Would you say that you're dancing, I mean, from the very mm -hmm. first lesson to now, I mean, has it kind of changed the way you move? Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I'm just like everyone else, normal people that really have no dance skills at all. And uh, Liz has done a tremendous job of uh, improving that to some degree. I do practice a lot of my own to be transparent with you. I'll, 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 I'll go leave Bush Stadium and uh, go find a private room and practice my dance skills every once in a while because I don't want to embarrass too much myself, but uh, <laughs> it's for a great cause. And, and definitely my, my dance abilities have, have gotten a little better. Hopefully by January 20th, they'll be right on. Yeah, you'll be on the money. Chief Experiences Officer. I just remembered that's the <laughs> that's the title for Matt Seebeck. My buddy Jim Brennan, president of uh, mm -hmm. McKelvey Homes, also has been very much involved. Yes. Uh, let me ask you, Matt Slater is with us, special assistant to the general manager, uh, player procurement. You've been with Major League Baseball for a long time, three decades. Yep. You have specialized in going over to Japan, uh, going to the Far East, the Pacific Rim, mm -hmm. uh, the Asian market, and seeing these players in the explosion of baseball. Shohei Otani, mm -hmm. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, this is not a shock to you, I would imagine, that the explosion in popularity and what they've done to this game. No, certainly the, the talent level in Asia has always been a, at a, a tremendous level, and it's just increased over the last five to ten years. Um, it, it's something that you know you really need to uncork every possible avenue for talent in this world. And I, I fully believe that. I'm involved in the amateur draft. I'm involved in trades, waiver claims, uh, Latin America signings. But the Asian market is one where the talent has already risen to that major league level and you can acquire it and can have immediate impact on your club. So we've certainly gone down the path of, of several potential players this offseason. Um, and uh, we've explored different opportunities to acquire those players. And it, it's just an avenue to, to, to acquire talent. And that, that's what I do. I'm a talent hawk. That's right. You, uh, Mike Gersh, John Mosellock, a number of others 
work in tandem to get this thing going. This organization has some pretty good depth in the minors right mm-hmm. now in terms of pitching. I don't know how ready they are to break through, but it seems to me that the trades that you made last yes. year was almost like, not a draft, but kind of like adding more draft choices. Certainly. You know, draft capital is something that we, we always like to accumulate. And, and due to our season that we were having, we were able to uh, acquire talent mid-season that were equal to draft picks. You know, TK Roby, Adam Kloffenstein, Thomas Segesi, all these players were acquired at the trade deadline and will be at AAA this year knocking on the door. And, and you combine those with the already talented pitchers we'll have at AAA in uh, Michael McGreevy, Gordon Graceffo, and such. Um, we really feel like we got that next level of protection. Um, we went out inside three quality major league starting pitchers to go along with uh, Miles and, and Steve. And then we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. We've we got these guys backing us up. Zach Thompson, Matthew Libator, uh, certainly will provide protection throughout the year as well. And one last baseball thing for me. Your, your job is fascinating to me because you have to travel around the world, but I, I think you've embraced it and enjoyed watching our game grow around the country. How much do you enjoy what you do in, in terms of just getting out that, there and that, seeing a different world? I mean, Major League Baseball is just one <laughs> part of this yeah. game. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly a, a passion of mine. It has been since I started working in Major League Baseball when I was 19 years old, acquiring talent and seeing where that talent is from. Um, one day I'll be in Medellin, Colombia. The next day I'll be in Lincoln, Nebraska. And the next day I'll be in Tokyo, Japan. Um, so it, it certainly is a lot of work. It's a lot of travel. Uh, I'm blessed to have a wife that supports me through all these years uh, to be able to do this. But Talent comes from everywhere, and uh, being able to acquire that talent means you got to go see it, you got to go meet with them, you got to convince them to want to be Cardinals, and uh, that's what my job is. That's Matt Slater, the assistant to the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, dancing with the St. Louis Stars on January 20th at the Ritz-Carlton to benefit Independence Center. Great to have him along with us. He mentioned right there, you heard what he said about the Cardinals and kind of their current situation. This was the first thing that he said when we visited. Oh, for sure. Especially after what happened uh, this last season in 2023, it was very embarrassing for all all of us. And we're just excited to get to 2024 and uh, prove again to to the great Cardinal nation that uh, we are a proud franchise and and a a winning franchise. Well, I mean, we'll see, you know, those are words and, and certainly big ones from Matt Slater, from John Moselock to Ollie Marmel to Bill DeWitt. I and mean, we hear them all saying the same thing. Embarrassed, want to move forward, show everybody that we are a winning franchise. How you do that and don't wildly break the bank or wildly lose prospects is a focus of the team. You can tell. I mean, they want to get better, but they don't want to get crazy and that does irritate the fan base, portions of the fan base, not everybody, but there are some fans who would like them to be aggressive. They see the Dodgers doing what they do. They see other teams doing what they do. I, I get it to an extent. I think you do have to be careful. You're, you can't compare yourself to the Dodgers. You know, but going out and doing what the Braves just did getting Chris Sale or what the Reds just get, did getting Frankie Montas, that I understand. The, the want, and I'm not saying the Cardinals aren't going to do that, You want to see them add depth to the rotation, and I still believe that they are willing to spend for a big relief arm. I think that they know that they need to improve that bullpen. They can't go, they can't just stand pat right now with what they have. The Cardinals do have some players they can trade if they need to for a young starter who's controlled. 
They do have money to go sign somebody if they need to as well. It's just a matter of finding the right deal. And also, you know, there's it's a two-way street. Free agents have to want to come here too. And sometimes I think a free agent will look at the coast and get very attracted to the glamour life of living in L.A. or, you know, the beaches of San Diego or the streets of New York and the, the spotlight and the flashbulbs popping and all that stuff. But there's something to be said about a great franchise that wins, that has a tradition of winning, and where you'll be treated like a king in this great baseball town. We'll see uh, where it goes for the Cardinals. But uh, their fans are rankled right now. You know, like I announced that, and the winter warm-up, by the way, is coming here, January 13th to the 15th. There are some autograph tickets that are available. A lot of them are sold out, though. So I would look, cardinals.com slash WWU, and get your winter warm-up tickets, like, today. Because I think people are scrambling now after the holidays to grab them. But, you know, I announced that January 18th we're going to have a beef tenderloin dinner with two complimentary drinks with Ollie Marmels for $75. It's called Oliver Marmel Unplugged. It's a chance to visit with the Cardinals manager in a setting that's not on the air. And I think fans will jump on that. That thing's going to sell out because it's a chance for them to really get some insight behind the scenes from Ollie as to what he's thinking and what's going on out there. But, you know, I see the response on Twitter. And fans are like, pass. No, team stinks, blah, blah, blah. That they're, they're upset. They're upset. And this is a big turning point for the Cardinals organization to show what they're made of and to show their fans and the rest of baseball what they're all about. It starts at the very top. It goes through the front office and through the manager and the players and the staff, and everybody is responsible for this. We'll see where it all heads for the St. Louis Cardinals, but I think we're coming up on a big year for them. And they I I really do. I think they've got to put their foot down and still need to add a piece or two before it's all said and done. And I think they're looking to do just that. We'll come back. We'll talk to another former Cardinal. This one, Dan Deerdorf, the Hall of Famer next. In 1971. The St. Louis Cardinals drafted a fierce 290-pound competitor named Dan Deerdorf. Deerdorf headed an offensive line that yielded the fewest sacks in the NFL for five straight years during the 70s. This relentless right tackle punished would-be defenders, whether the Cardinals chose to run or pass. I always thought that I went through my years in the NFL like I had blinders on, like I was a racehorse. I, I saw nothing but the upcoming game and my upcoming opponent. I really had the ability to rule everything else out and make it inconsequential. Deerdorf would be denied only one Pro Bowl appearance from 1974 through 1980, securing his place in pro football history. One of the guys that made us love football, that's for sure. Hall of Famer Dan Deerdorf is back on KMOX. Dan, great to talk to you. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, Tom. If it, if that audio clip had color, it'd be in black and white. That's, <laughs> uh, that's... <laughs> it's in cardinal red and white. I see you're 72 yeah. right now with a great – that's from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, the Canton native Dan Deerdorf is with us. It, it's always fun to relive – those great years, and uh, I know you have great memories of those teams. Well, more importantly, I think there's a lot of people in St. Louis that still, you know, we had two professional football teams, and 
lost them both. But I, I'm sorry, there no apologies are necessary from the Cardinal fans uh, and the St. Louis community as a whole. This is a good football town with a lot of good football fans, and they deserve better than to have both of our teams leave. I hear that. Dan Deardorff also made his mark on this radio station, a terrific broadcaster. He parlayed that into a wonderful career as an NFL broadcaster. Monday Night Football would be one of the highlights of that career, also working for years on CBS. How about Joe Buck on Monday Night Football? What are your feelings when you see your your old friend Joe, who used to uh, sit on your knee, I think, back in the well, day? Well, I'm, I'm so – well, obviously, I've been so proud of Joe for – such a long period of time uh he's uh, he and troy are such a great listen they have been for years and you know i i took a great deal of pride in in being a part of monday night football for a dozen years and and i was one of the people i was upset when the nfl made a very conscious decision to devalue Monday night and make their marquee package Sunday night. I, I never understood why they chose to do that. Uh, Sunday night football will always be the third game of the day. And thus it's not unique. And that's where Monday night football, I think was allowed for years to languish. And now I, I, I the NFL, I think is, realizing that they need Monday night football to be stronger and, and they're giving ESPN a better schedule. ESPN hired Troy and Joe, and I couldn't be happier that uh, Monday night football is, uh, is back. I'm with you a hundred percent. They do such a great job together. And I love the fact that they get all eyes on them for big games. They had a big one last night, Detroit, oh, yeah. and Dallas, and, I thought they both explained the situation very well, a confusing situation. Obviously, everybody was confused. The officials uh, more so maybe than anybody else about an ineligible receiver in the end zone ended up uh, going against the Lions. Tough way for the Lions well, to lose. And, and, you know, I, I listened afterwards, and, you know, their their official that ESPN has there said, well, let's, let's not get fixated on the ineligible, uh, whether he reported or not. They're – they could have called one of three different penalties. It was an illegal formation. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, – say with this about Dan Campbell, the coach of the uh, Detroit Lions. He, uh, he's not going to leave anything on the table. The guy, the guy is a gambler, and, uh, you know, sometimes it works out, and that time it didn't. I love seeing the Lions good, and those fans deserve it. I, I can't wait to see where they go in the playoffs. Took a bit of a hit in their seating last night, but they have a lot still ahead of them. Also, in well, the, they're yeah. you know Detroit. Detroit is such a great sports town, and the Lions, uh, you know, one of the franchises that's never won a Super Bowl, and I, I can't even imagine how berserk that entire area of Southern Michigan would go if the Lions even made it to the Super Bowl. That That's beyond a lot of people's uh, wildest dreams. I know. Can you imagine? Well, just uh, 40 minutes to the west is Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it's been since 1997 that the Wolverines 
won a national championship. They are two wins away, Dan. It's always great to talk to you this time of year. Here we are again. And uh, where do they sit? How is this year different than last year? Well, uh, last year we were uh, pretty heavily favored to beat TCU and, and just laid an egg. I, you know, our J.J. McCarthy, our quarterback, threw two pick sixes. Uh, nobody overcomes uh, throwing two pick sixes in a football game. And they came close. They almost won it at, at, at the end. Uh, any nonsense like that uh, against Alabama will uh, be catastrophic. Uh, you know, the reality is Alabama is Alabama. Whether they're the first seed, the fourth seed, or the eighth seed, it doesn't matter. Their talent level uh, let's be realistic. Georgia and Alabama have two rosters that everyone else in college football looks at and just goes, wow, uh, what I wouldn't give to coach that group. Uh, just an example. I hear we are undefeated again. Uh, we are a good football team. We have three five-star players on, a, on our roster. Alabama has 18. <laughs> I, know. I, I mean, when you, I saw a mock draft, uh, our first guy was going to go in the second round. Alabama has four guys who are going in the first round. I mean, it just, they are what they are. They, you know, uh, you know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, you're playing golf. Is, is it is it the arrow or is it the Indian? And and the reality is with with Alabama, it's not the X's and O's as much as it really is the Jimmy and Joes. They are a superior football team. They really have a wonderful program, and they have maybe the best coach to ever do it. Dan Deardorff is with us with all respect to your coach, of course, Bo Schembechler and uh, the great Michigan program. And then you have Jim Harbaugh who has his detractors. He has his supporters and there's not much in the middle there, but I will say this about Harbaugh and I watched him on game day yesterday, smiling and talking to the guys on the set. And I thought about his players, his team plays with so much heart and so much togetherness with everything that has surrounded him, controversy and uh, penalties to the program before and then a suspension to him, they his players play, and they have played without uh, hesitation with everything that has surrounded him. That is a reflection of the coach. There aren't many teams that had to overcome what Michigan has in terms of that they played six games, uh, uh, half their schedule, uh, without their head coach. Um and they, they didn't let it – I have such admiration for the kids. Uh, none of this was their creation, and yet it's the hand that they've been forced to play. They could have complained about it, or they could have rallied around it, and they chose to rally. Uh, it, is a, uh, it is a team with a lot of veteran leadership, and, th- and that's where it showed up. Uh, uh, the players – took control and and said hey we can either wallow in this or we can excel in it and they they chose to excel so i have a lot of admiration for the group of players and 
I'll just say one more thing about their relationship with Jim Harbaugh. Yes, Jim Harbaugh is quirky. Jim can he he does he 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 moves to the beat of a different drummer. There's no doubt about that. But one thing that no one will ever dispute: his players adore him. Uh, he has never thrown a player under the bus. He's never publicly criticized one of his players, and they really do, Tom. They love Jim Harbaugh. They love playing for Jim Harbaugh, and they'll do anything to protect him. It'll be fascinating tomorrow to see the matchup at the Rose Bowl, and it wouldn't be football season without having Dan Deardorff's voice on KMOX. Great to have you back, Dan. Thanks for the Uh, visit very much. uh, Thanks, Tom. Sports on a Sunday morning. Been there, done that. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Big part of your history for sure. Thank you, Dan. Best to you. You got it, Tom. Thanks. Bye. Great to hear from Dan. Great to hear from all of you. Happy New Year. We'll catch you tomorrow on Total Information AM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.